Our ice didn't exactly form naturally. It's been forged by blood, sweat, and the Lone Star pride that runs through our veins. Our ice is Texas born, and we're here to show everyone that Dallas Stars hockey is Texas hockey. Rugged, rough, and proud. Join the rush and be part of the excitement all season long. Individual game tickets on sale now at DallasStars.com. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Hey, everybody. It's a spectacular Sunday recording of the Podman Rush, presented in all of its autumnal splendor by Truly Hard Seltzer. We come to you from near the Canadian capital of Ottawa, where the Ottawa Senators are off to a very good start at home, and we'll be all about them tomorrow. But speaking of people that are off to a good start, our little D-Stars are 4-0-1. It's been an awesome beginning to the Pete DeBoer tenure. Uh, how about that? Four of the top five teams in overall standings have new coaches. Hmm. So there's been some bump with some freshness around the NHL. But first off, Mike Heike, this start. You and I, more you than I, mm -hmm. sat around at the Podman uh, preseason preview extravaganza, I believe it was, and you were all concerned about the Dallas Stars and some of these other teams that were kind of frittering their way through the preseason. And what did I tell you? I, I sounded like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Relax. Relax. Would you like to review some of uh, your, your worry, wart, concern? Yes. So the Stars went 2-5 and five in the preseason? I just stated what the record is now in the real season. You are correct. Uh, the Boston Bruins, kind of middling, weren't scoring a lot of goals. We're going to see them at the end of this road trip. They were 3-3. Three and three. They're first overall in the National Hockey League hmm. right now. Who else were you concerned about? Oh, that's right. Torts and the Philadelphia Flyers, who were 1-4-1 one, and, one, and just setting themselves up for all kinds of abject disaster, right? Fired by Christmas, I think is what I said. What are they right now? They've played five games. They've won four of them. They're 4-1. Wow. and one. Even teams like Chicago. Chicago was one and five. They're two and two. I don't know if they're winning today. I mean, it's it's all over the map. Florida. We were worried about Florida. They were two and four. Three, one, and one. It the preseason means squat. Jack. Nada. It doesn't mean anything. Diddly? Some diddly as well, yes. <laughs> the the only team that showed any consistency. Out of our little group of a lot of new coaches was Vegas. Vegas was four two and one in the preseason. They're four and two in the regular season. Doesn't matter what season it is. Well, I look at Minnesota. I mean, that's what I was mostly worried about. Where the divisional teams all seem to be playing well. Yeah, Winnipeg was four one well. and one. I know they're not playing well right now. So they're two and three now. San Jose, San Jose, with our boy Tom Holy, who <laughs> still listens to the Podman Rush. <laughs> He still hasn't cut the podcast cord. Well, you know. San Jose was 4-1 and one in the preseason. They aren't 4-1 and one now. No. They won one of their first seven. So anyway, that, that was the return to that. 
And I, I wanted to make that point because I was correct in the preseason. Yes. Stating that the preseason doesn't mean anything. Ironically and strangely, I was wrong. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> Wrong-ish. So what is your huge, big, you know, glob takeaway from what has gone on here in the first five games for our stars? I hate to simplify it this much, but I think Jake Ottinger has been fantastic. It's an odd statement, but like you look at what they do, what the stars do, and their analytics aren't great, but they find a way to score goals. But they find a way to score goals because their goalie doesn't really give up any goals. And so there are times when they've been all over the map. They've had their good points. They've had the bad points. But every time they look up, they're right in it. And, you know, there have been a couple of games there where if he wasn't as good as he was, they could have been behind. So I love where they are, and I love what they're doing, and I love their goal differential. But even Pete says they're not playing great hockey at times, and they need to get more consistent. Yeah, well, look, goaltending's the the ultimate cologne. <laughs> you stink, spray a little goaltending and on he, you. And he does. You smell good. Yeah. Well, and Wedgwood played yeah, oh. in Toronto. That, <laughs> yeah. that could have turned out differently, too. He was very good in that one. I the, the the thing that I have enjoyed, is, and I think it was talked about after last night's game in Montreal, where they played well in basically every facet. Yeah. I had no problem with anything they did in that game. Lead protection. And the DeBoer stars are going to be mortal combat. You know, finish him. When you got him in trouble, it's not going to be, hey, let's. I don't think he can do anything to us now. Let's just kind of get to the end of the game. Right. Rip his noggin off. And you can see that with this group now, that, that they are pretty much pedal hammered down whenever they do feel it, it going. And there is no retreat and just rely on your boy Ottinger or right. goaltending in general to just uh, mop up all the stuff in the third period. And unlike the Stars game so far, elsewhere – around the NHL. Did you see that stat yesterday? Yeah, I hadn't seen the stat, but I just watched. Listen to this. Listen to me. I'm listening. No lead is safe, apparently, in the opening week, two weeks of the NHL season. 20%, 20% of all games have featured a team rallying from to win, not just rallying to get a point, rallying to win from a multi-goal deficit. 20% of the time. And we talked the other day about, remember? And yes, hits, I know. It's his day. You score the first goal. Well, there you go. He, they win the game. Yeah, I, we were complaining and sounding like two old gentlemen on a bus <laughs> waiting to go to the arena where it was like, do you remember what went on? Where it was like, if you scored first, you were going to win. And if you led after two periods of play, it was church. There's not, there wasn't a chance that anything, every now and then there'd be yeah. this epiphany. But it was like 95% of the time you're going to go on and win. And now we start this season. Two goal deficit. 20%. Not coming back and then, oh, they forced overtime and got a point. Win. So when you look at the way the Stars have uh, conducted themselves when they've had the lead in the hockey game, I mean, it, it's, it's been over, but they've never really changed their, their tempo and no. their speed and their attack. And which that's has really been great. what you should do. I mean, when you look at when a team is pushing to try and tie a game or, you know, get, get closer with whatever you have to do, they leave themselves exposed. 
So if you're just sitting back and not taking advantage of that, then you know you just ice or send it down. You know, cycle around, slow change, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, and then yeah. you're not really taking advantage no. or making them be scared whatsoever. Yeah. But this group seems to make them be scared. The other thing that struck me, and I believe you mentioned this the other day, the the nature or the quality of goals that are being scored in the league. I got into my uh, hotel room here late last night. And I flicked on that guy fell asleep for a moment on the, on the train and, uh, I couldn't sleep. So I turned on, watched highlights and it was one like pretty skilltacular goal after yeah. another that was being scored. And it was resonating with me what you had said, because, you know, I don't look at goals as fancy as you do. Cause I'm a former goaltender. I don't like them, but it, it has been, it has been pretty neat. And the team they're going to face here tomorrow is lighting it up on home ice and scoring some beauties. You made a good point the other day in that a lot of these guys, that's what they work on all the time. Jason Robertson, he wants to score every shot in practice. And then I think that pays off. We looked at Pavelski's uh, backhand. I mean, that guy does that 40 times every day. And I think, you know, you start looking at guys like Mason Marchment and the, the goal he had in Nashville you know, that's a guy who's getting confidence because they're telling him, hey, you're not a plugger. We need you to score goals. And so it'll be interesting going forward because the Stars do have some of those guys. Uh, yeah, I wrote a story on Delandria today, and I mean, he's a guy who scored 25 goals in the AHL. And so if you put him in position, it'll be really interesting to see if he is calm and goes and makes a play. Yeah, but there's no question that this new uh, era of players – are coming into the league. A, I don't think they have to worry about getting their heads ripped off right. as much as they did in past, which is good. Uh, it it leans heavily toward skill, the and the way that they're they're brought up, skills coaches. Yep. Uh, yeah, they worked on this stuff. It's celebrated. They don't sit around working on their systems. <laughs> you know, like uh it, it it it's more individual than it's ever been and that to me that's a good thing yeah. it's a team sport it's one of the ultimate team sports but for it to grow and evolve it has to be more there has to be more individual wows that come out of it and we seem to be getting that and although it's the new generation that's doing it it's the old generation old dude that stole the show last night in Montreal in Joe Pavelski I mean, he he truly does defy what is supposed to be going on in your late 30s. Yeah. It just, you know, I remember we used to sit there and, and someday it's, you'd think it's probably going to catch up to him. I don't know. No. Maybe not. But we would watch guys in past and it was like, ooh. And it happened quick. It was like, nah, those hands. Forget about speeding that. Just the hands left them. All of a sudden they just had oven mitt gloves on and couldn't do anything in scoring areas where is before it was just like bang automatic but in a game where speed is the thing he has this cagey mental approach uh, and a work ethic to prepare that uh shows up from time to time with what he did last night the hattie in montreal and I think what the numbers, the fact that he's done it so consistently, like that's the one thing I say about Robertson. I mean, this is a guy who's a point of game player for a season and a half, and that's hard to do in the NHL. Yeah. And the same with Joe. These are the best numbers of his career. 
He's in season, what, 17? Yeah. And he is posting point per game the best numbers in his career. And like he played with really good players yeah, and, and in, in, San, in Jose. San Jose. And he played for this coach with this style yeah. in San Jose. And yet, yeah. It, it's I think it's phenomenal. The power play is so perfect for him. Yeah. You can just see that that he 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 is just a perfect player for a really good power play. Yes. Because he's smart and he's crafty and he's as good setting other people up as he is scoring himself. He has a bomb of a shot if he wants to use it and he has some of the best hand-eye coordination that any player in any era has ever had in hockey. Yeah. So you those things are all important when you're in that scenario. And I, I I believe, and you've seen it on television. I'm sure fans that are listening have seen it on television. Like he is like having a coach out there at yes. the same time. Not, you know, he's not out there. I I don't believe telling him. You know, forget about what we were supposed to. Why why don't we do this? It's just tons of experience. Really bright guy, uh, supreme hockey IQ, and the kids obviously are just you know sopping it up. And so are some of the other veterans around. Yep. Him. It's like. Let's do as Joe does and says, and good things will probably flow from it. So yeah, the other thing he has uh, is athletic arrogance, where he wants to be the best on the ice and he wants to win a Stanley Cup. And I think that hunger, you can feel it in the room. Like uh, Delandria said the other day, or, or Wedgwood said the other day. You know, there's a couple guys who haven't got a cup, and we'd really like to make that happen for him. And I know that sounds like just, you know, oh, yeah, right, sure. But they really want to make that happen for Joe Pavelski. Yeah, I mean, I, I had that on my list of things, too. Yeah. Like, he needs a cup. Yeah. He's he's too great a player for as long as he's been, and he's been close. Uh, it just – he some guys just deserve him. Yeah. It doesn't happen for some, though. Look, at mm. Joe Thornton's probably done. He was the last old goat to register a, a hat trick. No surprise, right? The two mm -hmm. Joes that were in San Jose. The stunning stat that came out of that last night, though, was like since Joe came into the league in 06, right? Okay. 2006. Yeah. The only guys who have more multi-goal games in that span from when he came into the league till now are Alexander Ovechkin, who's going to break Gretzky's all-time goal scoring number. He's won a cup. Crosby uh, in Pittsburgh, who's won multiple cups, and Steven Stamkos in Tampa Bay, who's won multiple cups. Wow. It's those three and Joe. It's pretty good company. Yeah, it is. Good for him. That was, that was neat last night. Yes. And in Montreal. Somebody oh. said, I think RPR sent out uh, the nugget that, that he's the oldest player, opposing player to ever register a hat trick against the Montreal Canadiens. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it so was look at all the information I'm giving you. Uh, you're You've been it. buried <laughs> in your lion suckage for hours this afternoon. Well, for years, really. <laughs> uh, speaking of the, uh, now we switch to the to the neophytes, the the youngster. Uh, what about Wyatt Johnston? Here we are, five games in. Yeah. What do you anticipate Jim Nell deciding to do with the 19 year old? Because it's such a conundrum. Yes, it is. Would you scratch him one of these next two games, uh, Toby or Toby? Uh, uh, Jacob Peterson is just waiting to get in. I think it would There's be a, a slip. Toby, know, Peterson? Toby Peterson. Yeah, you know, I like Toby Peterson. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> uh, but Jacob Peterson is uh, one. He's a good player. Two. He's just been waiting to get in. And three. Wouldn't it be the worst thing for 
for Wyatt Johnson to go sit up in the press box and see the game from a different angle. And, and then that also gives you another day or two to make your decision. I asked DeBoer about uh, changing, whether he, he likes to leave winning lineups alone. Right. And he, he gave a great answer, and he was like, I think a lot of times in our position we overthink, we can overthink things, and we start moving things around, and then you screw up some, a good thing. Right. Uh, but I do look at, at Jacob Peterson and I do look at Joel Hanley and I'm like, at, you know, warm ups, warm up right. <laughs> at some point, some point they need to get into a game again. Um, and you, you know, you got back to back games upcoming in Ottawa and in Boston and maybe there's an opportunity there, but I mean, they have nine games to make a decision right. on Wyatt Johnston to send him back to junior or to keep him, And this has been talked about for a while now. I, I don't know what the answer is. No. Uh, every team seems to have this situation with a, a really talented young player. The, the assumption is he, he's just done everything he can do in junior hockey. Right. To go back there, you're not doing anything for his development at all. Uh, but you can't send him to the American Hockey League because it's not allowed uh, under the CBA and the way things are now. You wish you could have one of those uh, special cases. Each team could have one special right. case where they could put a player like him in the American Hockey League, and maybe even just for half the year or whatever. Yeah. But you do understand it from the junior hockey standpoint too. Where I mean, the, it'd be like saying uh, you're you're Edmonton, and it's like, yeah, w well, we'd like to have Connor McDavid back every night for our fans and that, but the national team decided they're going to keep him. Yeah. You know, and you don't have him. You don't you can't sell his jersey. You you don't have him on display. You don't fill your building, all those things. Yeah. So it, it's not easy. I wish there was like a third option though. Yes. I agree with that. And I, you know, I like your, you know, quote unquote, I would call the waiver player or whatever, a guy who the one exception. Yeah, well, that's season. what they call it in in junior hockey. If if they want a younger a guy at right. a certain age i forget what it is is it 15, 15 or 14 um they they have a category and i mean they have to apply for it and all this stuff and, and they have to live at, the at their parents house the, and everything the, like that i think yeah you look at the players that have uh i think it's exceptional status isn't yes. that what they call it i think you're right if you could do something like that it would really help because he he is well i mean he's looked good at times yep. but you don't you, you got to be able if you're jim nil or a general manager of one of these teams Somehow you have to crystal ball this thing and forecast what is this kid going to look like in two months right. or three months. Right. And you're you, burning a year and you're doing all Well, you know, and again, are you ever going to get to a point where he's a healthy scratch for five games? You don't want you that. You don't want that at all. It's the last thing on earth. Right. You want. So then the other thing about Wyatt is he did miss a full season of junior hockey because of COVID. So if you do send him back, I, I understand he really, you know, hit the peak last year and everything, but right. he still has world juniors. There's a really good chance that team is going to have a good long playoff run. And those are two things that can make you a better player. Yeah. Well, I guess the the best example would be Mason McTavish, who was in a similar position with Anaheim last year. And he went back and went Memorial Cup, was the hero for Canada at the world junior tournament and now springboard forward it didn't hurt him no and he looked at the beginning of last year like he could probably play yeah 
uh, and at this level. So anyway, they they got a few more games to yeah. let it just. The, the other good thing about this is if you're so, then the question becomes, well, who takes his place? Well, Peterson is an obvious choice, but then you look down in the AHL and they've got some guys who seem to be ready to push up, and I think that's a, that's a nice option to have when you're making the decision of am I going to send away a guy who's been you know playing in a skilled position yeah I I had my my conduit uh JJ McQueen who's been with the stars forever and uh player development that unsolicited just sent me a text last night about Blummel he's like this guy has been incredible yes and scoring and he had a a very good training camp opened up some eyes certainly got noticed in that and that's just one guy of of many. Yeah. Like they they do have some pretty pretty good depth, uh, and it gives them options instead of you know just looking at it and going, well, we're going to have to do this. We don't have really anything else or right. anyone else. You make a good point though about these youngsters that missed time because of COVID, and you know have to, and it stunted them. It stunted Delandry a little bit. Yeah, a little probably bit. Ottinger. Yeah. You know he, they didn't get to. They, although it, he seems. Know, Otter seems to have handled it rather well. I, I know you have to play in junior hockey and everything like that, but with Rich Peverly up there and everything, could he also use time in junior hockey to build his physical strength and do stuff off the ice that he might not be able yeah. to do on an NHL schedule? Yeah. Yeah. Just something to think about. And then there's the argument that w- when you have a special young player like that, wouldn't you prefer him to be around your best coaching? Yeah, that's w- true. Which is at the NHL level, yeah. so... You know, nothing against the guys anywhere else, but they're in the NHL for a reason. Right. So, uh, special teams. Speaking of guys that coach in the NHL, and Steve Spot and Elaine Nazardine have both done great work on both sides of the Stars' uh, special teams. The power play has had really good recent success. It kind of failed late last year and through the playoff series against the, the Flames. The penalty kill had a fantastic first year under under Rick Bonus when he was the assistant coach that first year with Montgomery um Ben Bishop in goal a healthy Ben Bishop in yep. goal I mean they were they were world beaters that year but it has not been a strength in recent years outside of that that one campaign do you feel they'll need one side of special teams more than they'll need the other going forward this year um, I mean, because I, I think the best thing for them is to score goals because it gives them a lead and lets them play a little bit more relaxed. The power play, to me, is more important. Um, and then you also have Jake there to clean things up on the penalty kill. He's your best penalty killer, obviously. Um, but I, I do think that the actual bodies they have here are really well suited to kill penalties. Uh, and and we've seen with you know guys like Kiviranta, like Delandria, where they're just taking these young guys and putting in fresh legs so that you don't have to use Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan as much as you know they have in the past. Well, that's the the whole focus is to have some of your upper end. Rope Hints would be another one. Like right. Have your upper end offensive guys fresh to, to go play on offense. offense. Yeah, Pavelski. Of, I, I don't think he's played hardly at all this no, year, has he? And he's a really good penalty killer. Sort of spread it around or whatever yeah. i i i always believe more on the the defensive side of it that uh that your your penalty kill yeah your power play wins games for you and it's always you know exclamation point wow they scored on the power play and that was a difference in the game and yeah. that. but there are so many times within a game 
that your penalty kill gets through a, a certain little segment that could have really changed the direction of that contest. And then it just gets overlooked and it's like, yeah, whatever. They did this and did that. I, I think it's important. I, I Look, they, they can't take the number of penalties no. and everybody, you know, I'm being facetious, but everybody was in that meeting about not taking penalties except for Yanni. <laughs> he, he must've been either late or missed that meeting he, heading into Montreal. Poor guy just could yeah. not, he could not avoid the box last night. And the guys did the job uh, for him for the most part. And that was that. That's so. the other thing about the penalty kill is you pick up your teammate. And I think that's like, nobody's over there going like, like, oh, we're picking up our teammates, but this power, they're yeah. going like, I scored. It's me. Yeah. I'm the king. Yeah. But when the penalty kill kills it and the guy comes out of the box, they're like, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. You know, and, and it really is a bonding type moment for them. Well, it's a blue collar, white collar thing. Blue collar is your penalty kill. The white collar guys. They make the big money, the white-collar guys, right? Apparently. <laughs> uh, you know who should not make as much money as they are probably paying them? Me? No, whoever <laughs> was running the DJ booth at the Bell Center last night. <laughs> Brendan liked that one. That was unrelenting. <laughs> it, was, it was like throbbing and energetic for a while, and then it was just exhausting. I was exhausted. I looked around at, at you know, in the early going, like they were – Get shots of, you know, fifty-year-old women with a couple of Molsons in them, just giving her in the stands and that. And then by mid-game, is like eh, they're kind of bobbing to it, but they're like, you know, they they could play something by Celine Dion right now, and we can just sort of chill and talk. Yeah. That would be fine too. It never stopped from just like that seemed like a half an hour before warm-up it yes. started, and it was just. <laughs> Over, I was like, wow, Montreal's changed a little bit. And it had, and look, yeah. I'm not trying to be an old fuddy duddy, but the forum in Montreal must be rolling over in its grave with what's going on at the Bell Center. Well, the other thing, and it's funny because I obviously the whole experience was really cool. Oh, yeah. I Just mean, the it's, energy, the fact it that it is vibrant. That yes. As the. Canadians are coming over the red line, you know, if the place like, yes, we're going to score a goal. Oh, and then Miro pokes it away and go, no, no, you're not going to score yeah, a goal. The, Let's go I mean, the, the passion both ways is just off the yes. charts. Always there. Now, all that said, they kept showing crowd shots at the end when they're down five to two and they're dancing and, and all that. And I'm like, Come on, this is not. What, they were still going? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? The fans, and again, a lot of it is you paid a lot of money. It's yeah. Saturday night. You're hockey night in Canada. Yeah. But your yeah. team's losing five to two. Let's show a little bit of decorum here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you remember the old days at the Forum when it was, it was the classiest yeah. night? You could hear that big stentorian organ. Dun, 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 dun. Built the emotion in there, and that fan's you know, clapped along and then it was quiet. It was just, it was the best atmosphere. Back in the old press box, uh, first couple of years, I sat by Bob Gainey and uh, Jeff Kogan would bring the new look music to the rafters of the uh, reunion arena. And, and Bob looked at me, he goes, does anybody really like this? <laughs> of course <laughs> Bob did. And he goes, I remember a time when you could just have a conversation, like you said, you know, like, oh, can you believe? And, and that, that, was the, that was the sense I got last night. Yeah. You know, like you, you, you and I are of a certain age, like, but Brendan's a young guy yeah. here, right? 
And even he was just like rolling his eyes a little bit because it's, it's too much. Yeah. It's just all the time too much. And we have a kind of a weird sport. If they're trying to turn it into like an NBA game, right? They continue to play music while they're playing the game. Yes. In the NBA. But with us, with us, they shut it down. Yeah. So you just go, and then it's, (laughs) and the game goes on. You're like, wow. Anyway, Shippy does a great job yes. back at American Airlines Center because he finds a mix. Yes. There was no mix last night. No. It was all gas. <laughs> it was all audible gas. Uh, in behind that bench for the Canadians, though, Marty St. Louis, I'm fascinated with him. I know you are yep. as well. And just the decision to go with a guy that is pretty obviously going to cater to the offense and the, the skilled guys. He had that great. His belief is, is summed up in this. The player that has the puck is the present. The other four players on the ice are the future. That's what he believes. <laughs> yes. So it's pretty obvious that he wants the puck to move and he wants things to be created. There are going to be some long days in, in Montreal as they rebuild it in that there, but he's kind of, he's got the best gig in Canada, the way I look at it. Yeah. Because they love him. They're going to always lean toward Flying Frenchmen, you know, they yeah. don't have very many Frenchmen, but that style of play and, and full throttle offense. And but the expectations are limited. They're, they're rebuilding. It's a long yeah. uh, runway for the Habs right now. But if you look at the seven Canadian teams, and we were in Toronto prior to that, and well, he, here's the deal. There are seven head coaches in Canada, but there are hundreds of thousands of other coaches and a very competitive and at times cynical Canadian media that they all have to deal with every single day. Correct. And we saw that with Sheldon Keefe and trying to, you know, every single word gets so parsed and debated. And uh, it has to be exhausting. So you have that going on with the media in Toronto. You have Bruce Boudreau and what's going on with the Canucks out there. And it's the fan base. And a little bit the GM yep. and dealing with that. The Oilers, Jay Woodcroft was was a genius yeah. last year. And now they're two and three, slow start. Mm-hmm. We'll see where that goes. Sutter's got no problem. He's the reigning coach of the year in the league. And he, he's got a great big NFG. He just doesn't care, right? Well, it's so funny because I think it's a perfect attitude to be a coach in Canada. Oh, you need it. Yeah. And then he is Canadian. So they're like, well, what are we going to do? Criticize Sutter? No, we're just going to... You know, you know, Bones, the Jets have struggled. He's had COVID yep. here in Ottawa, DJ Smith. You know, they lost those first two games in Ottawa. And all of a sudden you could, you could hear the whispers immediately of, you know, is he the guy to, he got him to this point, yep. but is he the guy to, you're just like, really? Wow. So no situation is so small that it can't be blown completely out of proportion <laughs> up here when it comes to hockey yes. and especially with coaches. Yeah. It's a lot like the Cowboys. I mean, every Cowboys coach is always on the hot seat. Right, right. It's what they because do down everybody there. down there it thinks they know everything about the sport. Yeah, and no better. And it, it is, man. I, I give them a lot of credit for being able to to get through. You couldn't be a coach for a Canadian team for a decade. No, you couldn't do it. No. I don't think. Well, heck, uh, Scotty got fired, right? <laughs> like you couldn't do it. No, hard thing. Uh on to fun stuff before we talk about another coach. 
Uh, maybe we'll talk about Pete first and first seasons. Because I am fascinated by this with DeBoer. Uh, you know, his points percentage so far is like 900, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> with the stars. Well, and then, you know, you look at what he did in Vegas. Well, that, no, no, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that start in Vegas, they were 54, 19, and 4. Or 55, 19, and 4. That's how they started yeah. his tenure there. Like, in today's NHL with parody and all that, that's a staggeringly successful beginning. Yes. Then everybody got hurt. I mean, he's not going to sustain 900 no. for a points percentage, but his first year with all the teams that he's coached in the NHL, it, it is, I mean, there's not one average outing inaugural season. It's like 610 plus in points percentage. Yeah. And that's not easy to do. I don't know. Do you have a theory as to why it it's as successful or has been as successful as it has been for him and his staff in opening seasons? I don't really, but I will say. Well, then that, what's your point? Well, I have a second point that maybe be, that might be a point that adds to it. And in talking to people from behind the scenes, this sounds like word salad coming. It out is of word you, salad uh, from just talking to people from behind the scenes. They love his attitude. The, his preparation, his ability to foresee any sort of potential problems, his calmness. Uh, like it's, they just said it's a really nice environment to work in. And that goes a long way. And then, of course, when you win, winning breeds winning, I think. And so you get into a place where, hey, this is really fun. And he even said it a couple of weeks ago. He goes, the players like the system. It's a fun system to play in. Okay, that's my point. Yeah. After, are you done? Or not do you, not you yet, but I'm just saying. You want to put more croutons on this word <laughs> salad? You know, maybe a Go ahead. sunflower seeds <laughs> in the top. <laughs> uh, but the point being Dressing is that. Dressing on the side. <laughs> that, and, you know, I wrote a story about Wedgwood and these guys all having fun, yada, yada, yada. But it's that attitude, that vibe goes a long way. And when you have a happy workplace, I do think you can get a lot out of the employees. Yes. Uh, your, your point, though, about, about the guys like to play the style and guys like the philosophy, all hockey players want to go-go right. and make things happen. They don't want to be, look, you need to be here. They, they don't want to be robotic. They, they want to play. I mean, yeah. it's play hockey. It's not work hockey. <laughs> you play hockey. And sometimes when you're in uh, a restrictive system, it's work hockey. And it, it can be successful uh, and very successful. It can win. Uh, but the, the more enjoyable way to go about your business is to play. Yes. Uh, and that's, that, that seems to be an underlying current with it. And his demeanor, he doesn't seem to pollute guys' heads. Yes. With... You know, it, it, there's no real head games. It's just matter of fact, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm not seeing from you. Here's what we need more of. Pretty obvious. You know, if you do more, you'll get more. If you do less, you're not going to play type thing. And I think every, the meritocracy aspect of yes. it. Every player is going to appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it works. He's a good coach. Yeah, and, and through, through. We're seeing it five games they're just spreading the minutes all over the place and i think that's an interesting you know whatever happens in the room i mean you're all you know jamie ben's playing the same as title andrea or whatever and and so then there's a certain equality feeling too 
that I think he put. He yeah, well, there, but there. there's like Joe was talking about this before the season. There's an understanding that if you're going to play this, you know, four line foot to the floor yeah. style, oh, yeah. you can't do it with a bunch of guys sitting on the bench and playing seven or eight minutes. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's too exhausting. Um, and uh, this is a real good test, this opening road trip. Yes. Four games and six nights. And you can't, like, even back when they didn't have anywhere near the depth, the understanding was in a situation like this, we got to find a way to play more guys. Yeah. Like, we have to spread it around a little bit. Uh, that's just their MO yeah. now. And the, uh, the, the reality that they've been leading in a lot of games has really helped them be able yes. to, to do that. Where they got in a little bit of trouble was the game in Toronto, and that was because of penalties. Like yep. It was the first time where you had a forward play under 12 minutes in a game, uh, and they had to really overplay those basically big three, big four on defense and just kill penalties yeah, all night long, time. right? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a work. It's, it's a work. Working. Yes. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it is. Look at us. Yay. Hey, we're having fun. Uh, speaking of fun, that's the whole idea behind the, are they reverse retros? Is that what they're called? Yes. I don't even know. I, all I do, all I do is uh, create them. I don't know what they call them. I, I, they're my gift after uh, I actually put them together. Sew them from the mind of the razor boy. So with these ones that we've got, uh, trotted out the other day. Uh, I mean, it was interesting to watch it. I, I don't know what the reception was for ours. I, I, I liked what we did. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah thumbs up. The night went back to 93, the inaugural season in Dallas and, you know, a little, little update to it, but a lot of memories from way back when in the old barn, the only 50 goal season and, Stars history from a flowing golden lock, Mike Madonna, all those scraps, Churla going nuts, Waka Luck and Moog and Net. <laughs> it, just, it was a good know, time. Yeah, I mean, it was heady times. Yep. The the tent outside Reunion oh Arena, like it was, it was a. You speak of a vibe. That was a vibe. That back, was a vibe back then. then. Stars and Club. just f- so people know, when we had. This one, and uh, look, the stars have rolled out a lot of drip the last few years. So you're like, okay, what? Which way do we go here? We went with the the uh, spearmint hazmats there, the all whites, the uh, blackouts, which are spectacular. Kids love them with the skyline green highlighter uh, in there. They had the outdoor game throwbacks. Which the Absolutely old people nailed love. those, huh? <laughs> Which the old people like me love. Yes. Well, it's something for everyone. There's right? felt That's what on we're trying. Them. Actual real felt. Yes. <laughs> it's actual real felt. <laughs> Take you back to, you know, your your teenage years yeah. and the early thirties. So uh, with this one, I, I I look forward to seeing it fully dressed out. Right. When is the first? They're only going to wear them five times, right? Right, because they have the blackout now. Yeah, and the other teams, I think, are doing ten. Uh, I think it might be November, right around Thanksgiving. Right around Thanksgiving, we'll get back to you on that. There's yeah. time. Yeah, uh, and but just so that people understand, because they are out there. Yes, in fact, we did debate the Mooterus <laughs> and whether to whether to go in that direction. Yes, and 
Adidas was all for it. Like they would have been a hundred thousand percent in on the stars rolling that out. And if you look around the league at some of the other uh, unis that are going to be uh, draped over the players, there there is some of that. I mean, again, I, the idea is to do a little salute to your past, yep. something fresh and new and and different because you know Oregon started all this yeah. way back in the day uh, with all these different looks and that and uh, and have a little bit of fun break up the sort of monotony of this thing and a yeah. different look and all that but we were like nope we can't do that uh, that was too hard I told you I like the oil drop uh, it you, was, I know I don't I know get you that. hate it I think it's horrible it, it's a cartoon I thought it was horrible then I know it's a it's cartoon it's horribler now well people think the Mooters was horrible then and so then the well, some of us do like <laughs> then and now with but it I just like it's goofy. You're only wearing it five times. What were we doing? We had red. There was red involved. Well, in that see, thing. that's why the reverse retro can take the red out. But the red. Put... But Mike, I remember. I can hear the explanation I of that back there. The I remember. And the red, because it's a power color. Correct. So just a little, just a little splash of flash of red in there, and all of a sudden, oh, like a charging bull from outer space that looks like a, you know. Anyway, All right, you can look I, it up. On online. the current one, uh, I'm a big fan of the striping. I know it's just yeah. striping. It's old school. It's really old school. The, yeah. the bottom stripe on the, uh, it almost looks like it's flat across the bottom of yeah. the jersey instead of the shirt tail look. And then I like the sleeves, the way they go all the way down. Uh, like I said, it's old school. And I liked the jersey when it when you guys first came here. Yeah. So, or we, I guess I'm we. They. They. Them. them. <laughs> Uh, some of the other sweet looks, I, I look at San Jose is not winning a lot of hockey games right no. now, but they are killing it in the uni yes. department. Their, their new uniforms that they wear all the time look phenomenal. They pop on television. I, I press, remember when everybody's jerseys, sweaters in the league were a depressing, dark color. Everybody wanted to go to like a black. deep navy blue and black. And then you'd watch it on television. You're like, my God, like there's. I'm depressed. Like we even did it with that that old black Dallas one that we have. And now you look at it like our our victory green is just absolutely. It's so great. Oh. So if you're at a bar and you look up, oh, that's their Dallas. Stars. Oh, it's just immediate. Yeah, so minty and crisp, huh? Uh, but even you know the Oilers going back to their old that that royal blue and that orange. And that, just a bunch of this stuff like that, right? It just I like looks, Colorado's. I, I, I like the yeah. Well, they, yeah. they got a, what did they do though? Same thing. No, to, no, no, no. They had burgundy. What was the accent? Black. Yeah, their yeah. pants were black, and their helmets were black, and they changed to that blue, and they won the Stanley Cup. Top friggin' that we were just talking. That's about how it happened. Reverse retro color. Oh, I'm sorry. So they went with the seals. Yes, that's. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. Of outside of. What we put together, if I'm looking around the league, I really like that one. Yes. I, I really do. Uh, you know, it goes back to California Golden Seals and just the colors look good. It, it's very retro. They're going to do well with that. I really like the blues. Yes, I'm with you. It's, it's almost all gold. Brendan's not on board. Uh, with that huge uh, musical note in the middle and that. Now, we'll see what it looks like when they get going on television. Right. Because you... Some of these things can look really good on 
on digital and in, in print and then they get out there. Like I, I bet Vegas's unis right now look really good live and, and that, but on television, that, that gold just looks like Dijon mustard. You know what I mean? Like no, it just I, yeah. it fades a little There's bit. It's lost things. in there. I'm getting lost in this discussion. The other one is the Canucks. You see that one? Yeah, I didn't like the number. I like the logo. What about Johnny Canuck on the Johnny Canuck is the famous the one of the Johnny best, Canuck. One of the best logos ever. But why do you why do you need to put this huge It's a logger? Why do you need to put this huge number up here? Oh I think it God. takes away from Mike. Johnny Canuck. Mike. Other than that Mike. I love it. Yes, and, I do too. I and like going the back number. to they have the worst colors probably in the league or close to it, but the Ducks logo coming back, that's one of the best logos in, oh my God. in hockey history. Mike, I'm glad we're not issuing points for this. You know, I should probably be a part of the committee. You'd be fail- No, it's, pre- <laughs> it's pretty obvious. You and your velour corduroy suits were not invited into the inner circle. There was no room under the tent for you in defining this stuff. So the first game with them, Warm up music, back to that again. It better be metal. It better be metal. <laughs> I agree with that. Huh? November twenty fifth. Oh. November twenty fifth. Bones is in town. We can yes. play Corvette music. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Better be metal. Better be metal. Anyway. Super duper session today. Yeah. Do you think? You got anything else? I really don't. I think we've covered everything. We've literally covered everything, haven't we? Every little thing we could possibly cover. I hope you enjoyed the discussion and the insight out there. I I concocted this rundown on a via rail trip at midnight between horn blasts on our way from Montreal to Ottawa. The Podman Express, I called it last night. How about that? See what I did there? Yeah. The Podman Express. Tom Holy would be proud of you. I think he would. And so with that, this podcast has reached its station as well. This is getting about as corny as I can get on the dismount. And as you disembark, a reminder that the Podman Rush is presented by True Hard Seltzer. Choo-choo! You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things Stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today. Choo-choo! Want to stay up to date on what's happening with your favorite team? Now you can by signing up to become a Dallas Stars insider. With Gurionov and Ben and a shot stop, Sagan rebound, score! Get the scoop on the latest team news, exclusive ticket pre-sales, contests, and much more. Delivered right to your inbox. Ran himself right into oh, him. Oh. Scored. How in the world? Subscribe today and start getting yours at DallasStars.com/insider.